Welcome to the Sports GPS, where all roads lead to sports, with your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 2, Episode 9. Parker, what are we diving into today? We are talking AFC and NFC West and our NFL division previews. From there, we talk NFL news and notes before talking Major League Baseball, which there are some big things going on over there. And we are ending with an MLB Hall of Fame debate that you don't want to miss. Don't want to miss. We're going to be discussing who should get in, who shouldn't be in, we're also, you know, like you said, AFC, NFC West. Some big trades happened that affected those two divisions, so we're definitely talking about that. But all that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're continuing our NFL preview series. Now we're talking AFC and NFC West. Let's get into it, CJ. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start with the AFC West first. Uh, so we're just going to run down the teams, right? We got Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. Last year, it I think the standings finished Chiefs, then Chargers, then Raiders, then Broncos. Uh, we're just going to you know kind of rattle them off as we've been doing ceiling floor prediction for everybody. Chiefs, their ceiling, no doubt, 17-0. Undefeated. They could absolutely go undefeated. I mean, their entire roster is great. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is the fact they lost both tackles. Yeah, it's a problem. But at the same time, you had one injured, he's coming back up. So, you know, it's not too bad, and you still have Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, you lost Sammy Watkins, but at the same time, Tyreek Hill is still Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So you're really not losing anything there. You still have Hardman. So Kelsey. I, yeah. I mean, you got the best tight end of the game. Parker has him in one of his fantasy teams. I do. I he was auto drafted though. You can't even take too much. Yeah, credit Yeah, I can't for that take too much now. credit. I was so mad. I was, I was ready for the draft, and I was, I was doing something else, and then all of a sudden, I my pick. Like the guys in front of me, they were really quick with their picks. Right. And then I had the eighth pick. Yeah. And it was just like auto. I'm like. I got Kelsey. What? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, but I mean, really, you didn't end up with that bad of a team, but it's because it's an eight-person league, right? So it kind of helps. But out. we have individual defensive players. Yeah, which makes it more fun. We'll have to talk about that in the next episode, whether we like independent with fantasy because yeah. we're doing a fantasy, yeah, full fantasy preview next episode. Work too. league this Sunday. This Sunday, it's gonna be crazy. We're gonna discuss that. But back to actually what we're supposed <laughs> to be talking about right. this segment. Uh, the floor for the Chiefs, if both tackles don't end up working and that offensive line does not gel, I see 9-8. and eight. And the only reason why I'm saying that, like, oh, yeah, you still get 9 wins is Patrick Mahomes. Right. And their defense isn't bad. No. It's, not gonna, it's never going to be great. But you have Andy Reid with a quarterback that can throw it all over the place. That leads to success. Right. As you saw with Andy Reid in Philly and recent years with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. I know they have a tough schedule, but I see their prediction is thirteen and four. I agree. I mean, the funny thing about like not having like good left tackle is they didn't have one last year, right? Which is why they lost the Super Bowl, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes can—he had no time. Yeah. Now he made some incredible throws with no time, right? But you don't want to do that for an entire season, right? And that's the reason. I mean, he—they also have some some pretty soft. They play the entire NFC West. Or sorry, NFC East this year. So you've got 
the you've got the football team, you've got the Eagles, you've got the Cowboys, you've got the Giants. Three or four of them are going to be soft, and I'm even talking about my Eagles right there. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little you know you can you can easily say that that's a four and zero stretch division. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let me look here. Their other division that they play that's like all their division. I think it's. Looks like the AFC North they play because they got the Bengals, they got the Steelers, they got the Ravens. So yes, they so play tough. the entire division, it's right? So I mean, I'm not going to sit here and state that it's the easiest thing in the world because I mean the Browns are tough, but that's that's opening week, right? So you should be prepared for the Browns. Yeah. So you know, thirteen and four is very realistic for them, and I I think they win the division there yeah. at thirteen and four. I don't see, every, but the other team that is possible, and. We talk about them all the time. The Chargers. We're yeah. Herbert guys. We're Herbert guys. So we got to talk about them next. I feel like their ceiling is what I have the prediction for the Chiefs at 13-4. and four. Yeah. Which means if that's the case, if they do hit their ceiling, that means the Chiefs will have lost a couple games because I have them splitting. Mm-hmm. But their ceiling means that they beat the Chiefs both times. And their floor is also 9-8. and eight. Yeah. So I think the Chiefs and the Chargers at a base level are the same. The problem is, well, for the Chargers at least, is the Chiefs just have that many more elevating stances. But I have the Chargers going 11-6. and six. That is where I have them at. I mean, they, they also have the Powder Puff NFC East. They have a air raid offense, and they've got the wide receivers to do it. And so, you know, Justin Herbert... Throw it all over the yard, see what happens. But I think the Chargers finish second in the division at eleven and six. Do you think the head coaching change for the Chargers is a good thing? Yes. So Brandon Saley is the new head coach of right. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You think that's good, bad, and different? I think they might drop off a little in offense, but okay. at the same time, they're still they're still going to be good. Like oh, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and, and deny the fact that. They're still gonna have an. They're they're still gonna throw the ball over the yard like that. Oh, yeah. It will be their definition. They're gonna play. Uh, they're not gonna run the ball that great. I mean, their running backs aren't solid. I can't even remember who their running backs are. That's the reason why I know they're not great. Right. You know, it's. I mean, Eckler. Yeah. Right, and he's more of a scat back anyway than yeah. than a run between the tackles guy. Yeah. So he, they're definitely gonna throw the ball over the yard. Yeah, Mike. They Williams, don't have Keenan a Ladanian Tomlinson. No. So, like, they're definitely going to be throwing the ball over the yard. And that could get them into trouble versus really, really good teams, especially later in the year. So I think 11-6 and six is a really good prediction for them. And I think that they can, they can make it interesting out west. I don't see them really doing anything crazy, though. So you think the Raiders or Broncos have a chance? No, I don't. I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> snowball's chance and you know where for the Raiders right. um, zero chance for the Broncos and the reason why is because their quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater yeah and their backup and is their Drew backup Locke. is Drew Locke I know you're a Drew Locke guy but you know alright so again <laughs> we're also going to do this too because we we joked about Andy Dalton in Chicago we're going to yeah. have to play Red Rifle or not yeah. like <laughs> what quarterback and this is all going to be backups by the way because I'm yeah. pretty sure Andy Dalton's the worst starting quarterback in the league yeah if he's if he's their starting quarterback week one he's the worst he's the worst I right? mean even though uh Phil Sims or no yeah. Chris Sims Chris Sims me. Chris Sims has didn't even have Jalen Hurts. Hurts in the top 40 yeah I think he would change that now because he looks pretty good right now uh-huh. outside of the fact you know that Yes, the Eagles did lose thirty-five to nothing in preseason, but Jalen Hurts and and 
80% of the starters didn't play. Yeah. So, yeah, of course the Patriots are going to just beat up on them. Uh-huh. Well, that's beside the point. Anyway, <laughs> back to this. I think I don't think the Broncos really have a chance. Yeah, I do like the, I, I like a lot of the weapons the Raiders have on offense. Right. I mean, even if you're not a Derek Carr guy, I like Derek Carr. I think he's solid. Mm-hmm. You give him some protection, right. I think he can hurt you. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you have Waller at tight end who's underrated. Right. The third best tight end in the league right now. Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake at running backs. So you have a nice handcuff. Right. Maybe they can improve their wide receiving core, but, right. you know. I mean, their defensive backs look great. I mean, Casey Hayward, solid. I mean, he's right. going to lock down somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who else did they dra- They drafted one, too. I can't remember who they drafted. Dang on it. Yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I thought they drafted someone. No, oh, Toledo. Hold on. Wait, let me figure this out. Yeah, so Tavon Mulrig. Yes. All right. Bang. Did get it. I knew. I knew. I yeah. knew I thought about that. So, yeah, it's Casey Hayward, and then you have Mullen Jr. Not great. Not bad. But you do have Jonathan Abram back there at strong safety. Mulrig right now is slotted to play free. Right. I also think Carl Joseph. He's un- solid. Underrated out of WVU. Yeah, he can play in the box. Right. So I think he might come down, and he might actually play nickel. I know they have, uh, you know, they've got the Arnett kid. I Apparently, he's their nickel corner. But I think Carl Joseph might slide down and play the nickel. It's possible. And, I mean, they've got some pretty athletic defensive line, uh, you know, linebackers. They have Middleton. They've got Tanner Muse, Nicholas Morrow. And then you have Nick Kaskowski. Uh, Kez, Kowalski. I don't know, sure. WVU guy. I met him once. <laughs> um, twice. Something like that. Uh, I mean, he's he's there. You got Ngakwe coming in to play right defensive end. I mean, their defense is pretty good. Right. So I'm not going to sit there and, and, and say that it's that. But I just don't love their offense as far as, you know, they needed a right tackle. They got Leatherwood. They got the third best when the – or yeah. sorry, the – Fifth best when the third best was available. Right. I, I mean, yes, you have Josh Jacobs, you have Kenyon Drake, but is Rugs the third? Braylon or Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro are they going to be enough? No, it's going through Darren yeah. Waller. Right. And if he gets double teamed up the middle, Derek Carr is probably going to be in for a bad time. Yeah. Considering your offensive line isn't the best, and then you have Marcus Mariota and you have five pick and a quarter Nate Peterman. Right behind, I, I I just don't love their team. I mean, their strength is the run game, which is e- I don't want to say it's easy to stop, but they're just going to crowd the box. Well, and I so I, then Derek Carr's going to have to beat you. Well, your mm-hmm. offensive line is not going to protect them, mm-hmm. and outside of Waller, you don't really have. I mean, Hunter Renfro is a solid slot guy, but he's not like he's not going to carry you. Uh, and Ruggs isn't going to have the time to get yeah, deep on you. So exactly, it's it's tough. It's I a don't flawed roster. I think there's some upside, but. Everything has to go right, and I don't see that happening. Correct. So that's the reason why their ceiling is twelve and five. Is because everything could go right, and right. if it does, they've got a really good team. Their floor is seven and ten, and I predict them to be nine and eight. I have them as the second worst floor, as the worst floor is the Broncos at yeah. five and twelve, and that's just purely because of quarterback play. Their ceiling is ten and seven, though. In Denver, we're predicting them seven and ten. Yeah, so, totally agree. You know, so what, how we have that playing out? Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Chief, uh, the Chargers make it interesting. Um, I also think the Broncos get a win in Week 17 because the Chiefs have nothing to play for. I'm pretty sure they play the last game of the season. Yep, Chiefs Broncos last game of the season. So the Broncos get an easy win there at the end. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, it it could go a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and transition then to the NFC West. 
Uh, we wish we actually had our buddy, our, our, our very, you know, our... I would almost count him our biggest fan. He is our biggest fan. All right, fair enough. Derwin. We're hoping Justin Herbert's our biggest fan. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> since that's not the case, Derwin, man, uh, you're Seahawks. Let's let's go ahead and talk about him. We wish you were here to discuss it with us, but you're not. So we'll just go ahead and start off with the Seahawks. Best team in the division? Best team in the division. Yeah. Uh, their ceiling's 14-3, and three, and their floor's 9-8. and eight. They have the... They have the Biggest upside, and also they have the biggest downside. Their biggest downside is if Russell Wilson gets hurt, which trouble. he hasn't done yet. I'm knocking on everything right now. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on the table. I'm knocking on my head because that's made of wood. <laughs> like he legit. Yeah. I mean, he's from this area. Like we gotta love Russell Wilson. We gotta give him his due. So their ceiling is 14 and three. Their floor is nine and eight. And the reason why their floor is nine and eight is because if Russell Wilson does get hurt, if the possibility, if the thing that it has not happened yet, and I really hope it's yet like way down the line. Right. If that happens, Geno Smith's your backup. I don't Yee. love it, but their team's good enough with Metcalf and Lockett. Sure. At wide out. They've got a great running back in Carson. Carson. Yep. So and they've got a pretty good offensive line. And, I, and when I say pretty good, they're top half of the league in for their offensive line. I don't think they're elite. I don't think they're terrible. I will say this. If Russ is not the quarterback, I think their offensive line gets exposed. Because uh, he bails them out. I, I, yeah, he does. But he also holds the ball a he lot. He holds the ball too much, so the sack total is high. But sometimes that he he holds on to it too long because he just has to evade pressure. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And find time to look for a receiver downfield. So I'm not saying their line is terrible, but it's not great. Because if it was, Russ wouldn't have the sack total would not be that high, and he wouldn't be running around like a crazy person. I guess that's fair. I I have them as like the fifteenth best offensive line in the league, like literally middle, middle of the road. Yep. So my prediction for them is twelve and five. They've got a lot of winnable games, but they are in a very very tough division. I think the NFC West is. If not the toughest, probably the second or third tough. Like they've, it is a really tough division. Yeah, I mean, our worst team in the division is the 49ers, and they're not terrible. Right. I no, mean, they just, they're probably going to start the Trey Lance era. Yeah. And when that happens, they're going to have some growing pains. Oh, that's absolutely. what we've projected here, to be clear. But they haven't even named their starter yet. So is it Garoppolo? Is it Trey Lance? Like, Well, I mean, Garoppolo is going to be hurt. So Trey Lance will play this year. <laughs> oh, he will play. I know that. But <laughs> who's starting week one? Right. And I guess that's fair. I mean, Trey Lance has looked good. Don't get me wrong. But we're still talking about the Seahawks here. <laughs> they're going to go 12 and 5. They're like I said, their ceiling's 14 and 3. Their floor is 9 and 8. They're going 12 and 5. They're winning this division. It's not by a landslide, but it's close. And the reason why it's close cuz the Rams, we have them going 11 and 6 with their ceiling is 12 and 5. Their floor is 7 and 10. Yeah. I you know, the Rams are just a team where I feel like they're really close to their ceiling. Like they don't have that much upside. They just traded for Sony Michelle, which, you know, Good for them. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. But they did give up another first-round pick. Like, they, they just keep giving up first-round picks. Matt Stafford going to, uh, coming from Detroit to L.A., yeah. that's huge. It's an upgrade for them. I think Sean McVay is going to use him in a lot of different ways. I'm excited to see it. I'm really excited about that. I just, I'm their defense is so suspect for me. Yeah. Like, they could put up 40 and they could be in trouble. Like, yeah. that's their problem. Like, yeah. if they put up 50, they should be safe. But if they put up 40, it's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. And they've got a lot of tough games on their slate. 
let's see, uh, just going over there. I mean, luckily they have Aaron Donald, right? But he doesn't play every position, mm-hmm. and he gets like double and triple teamed, right? I mean, they've got the Colts with the AFC; they have to play. They've got, I'm pretty sure, looks like the entire North. So outside of the Bears and the Lions, I mean, the Packers and the Vikings are going to give you a game, right? They've got the Ravens on the slate. That's tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a tough set of games that they have to play, and the their that's their seventeenth game, right? Because they play it looks like the entire AFC South. So you've got the Colts, you've got the Titans, you've got to play. Those are two tough games. Now I know you kind of get powder puffs with the Jags and the Texans, but the Jags are going to be tough. Yeah, they're going to be competitive. Right. So like it's not like it's the easiest schedule in the world. This is the NFC West total they're playing all these teams. But I mean, yeah, you're playing the Packers, you're playing the Vikings. And both of those games are away for the Rams. Makes it really tough. Yeah. So 11 and 6 is definitely fair. Third place in this division via our projections is the Cardinals. Yeah. I, I like the direction they're going. I mean, Kyler Murray proved last year he's the real deal. Should he play baseball? Should he play football? I think he made the right decision. Yeah, he made the right decision. And they add J.J. Watt, so their defense is more formidable than it's been in the past. Yeah, they're definitely going to be able to get to the quarterback. I think they lost Hicks. I don't think they re-sign him, so you lose a little bit at the middle linebacker spot. Right. But at the same time, I mean, their offense is still good. They have D-hop. I mean, yeah. if you got D-Hop, you got that elite wide out. You know you're going to score touchdowns that way. I mean, heck, D-Hop basically single-handedly beat the Bills last year in that, right. that Hail Mary craziness. So, you know, truth be told, the Cardinals and the Rams are very similar because I literally have them with the same ceiling and the same floor at 12-5 and five and 7-10. and 10. Yeah. I just don't know if they see their full potential. I think there's a lot more coin flip games that, we're, that I personally and Parker was looking at and we're going, hmm. Right. We had a little bit more of that. So that's the reason why we projected them at 10 and 7 instead of the Rams 11 and 6. And then, you know, as we've already talked about the 49ers, their ceiling is 9 and 8. Their floor is 5 and 12. Their team is just not as good. Now, if things go their way, like, I mean, could I see them winning 10 games? It's possible. It's tough. It would be really hard for that. So that's why we put the ceiling at 9 and 8 for them. The only way they could win 10 games is if the Seahawks are without Russ. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So I guess they're ceiling maybe 10 and 7 instead of 9 and 8. I mean, I don't know. No, you know, stick with the ceiling at 9 and 8. I just don't. The rest of their roster doesn't enough. And you can't rely on that running game. I know Raheem Mostert's still there. I, do they still have Tevin Coleman? I think. Yeah, I think they still have Tevin Coleman. Right. So, like, I mean, but they're. But, I mean, can't... Mostert is a walking injury. Yeah. He can't stay healthy. Exactly. So, I, I really don't feel like you can trust them. So, outside of, like, they have solid running backs when healthy. Right. And outside, Kittle. And then Kittle. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't, yeah, nine and eight's right. Nine and eight for their ceilings, right? Don't question yourself. And they're going to finish seven, ten. I, Especially in that division. Right. And that division is so tough. So, really, I mean, it's a three horse race with the Niners barely coming in last here. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right. it's really tight. It's a three horse race, and the other one's like, I'm trying. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's just what it's coming down to. So, we have the West going Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, Niners. I could easily see any of those top three winning this division as, you know, the only ceiling that really beats everything is the Seahawks at 14-3. and That's, you know, the Seahawks can be that way. Right. You know, and I know, you know, they signed Adams to that big deal. He's the highest paid safety. It's a waste of money. 
He's not yeah. the best safety in the league, but at the same time, you had to give him that money right. to keep him there, and you need him for that defense, or they're in the same boat as the Rams almost to the fact that you you got to put up 50. You talked to Derwin about the Adam signing? Yeah, I did. Does he love it? Yeah, apparently. Okay. I was like, all right, you're nuts. <laughs> but, you know, Derwin, you know, you do you, bud. You know, think what you think. <laughs> I, You know, I, I like your team. I think you win the West. Man, that is a tough, tough division for sure. Yep. So, all right, let's just go ahead and recap. We got AFC West going to the Chiefs with the Chargers in second. That could be the possible coin flip. Broncos, Raiders, definitely a step behind. The NFC West, though, it's Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, and then the 49ers. But don't be shocked if the Rams or the Cardinals make a push to win that division. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely push Seattle, especially if Russ is out. I'm not saying he's going to get hurt, but I just always fear for him because of his offensive line. I don't think he's that great. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a real short break and then get into the NFL news and notes around the league right after this. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and get into the NFL news and notes that has happened over the last couple of days in the NFL. Uh, Parker, what are the big ones, man? The big one is Teddy Bridgewater has been named the Denver Broncos starting quarterback. As it should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I know you're a Drew Locke guy, but he he's not the guy. He's not the guy. Yeah, he's not the guy. He's just as much of the guy as Andy Dalton is in Chicago. Yeah, we're going to talk about it next week. Yeah, I know we are. But, I mean, it's just Bridgewater should. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he should have stayed in Carolina, for crying out loud. I mean, he's better than Sam Darnold. I don't agree with that. I th- Well, I'll say this. Teddy Bridgewater, I know what he is, and he's quality. Yeah. He's not going to necessarily win you the game, but he's not going to lose you the game. Yeah, I, but uh, I think he's more or less a, a winner than he is a loser. Now, I mean, I oh, guess sure. Sam Darnold might have needed a change in scenery. I def- you know I agree with that. So, you know, I, I just I like Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, oh, I think he's a good quarterback. He's the only quarterback that I'm pretty sure got a standing a big standing O when he came back, right? Like, I mean, and nobody booed him. Like, you can't boo Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. He's such a class act. He's great. I mean, I just I really like Teddy. And I I I'm very glad that he's the starter for Denver. It also means Cam Sutton has a better outlook for fantasy as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I like it all the way around. And Trevor Lawrence has been named the Jags starting quarterback. We already knew that. It was just it took it took took Urban Meyer a while to to name him. I'm tapping my watch right now because that train's never late. Like Trevor Lawrence right. was going to be the starter. Yeah, we knew Come that. Now. We knew that. Like, let's not lie to ourselves. Now, oh, I mean, yeah. Travis Etienne is out almost. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty sure for the entire season with Liz Frank. Injury. It's possible. I mean that. That's very, very sad for him. I mean, no doubt. He was going to be a very big focal point in that offense, and now out for the year. Carlos Hyde's the lead back there with him and James Robinson. That's not terrible. No, I mean it's not bad, but I mean him and James Robinson, like, yeah. I mean, it's not as much. I mean, I guess oh, James sure. Robinson's probably going to get his line share as well as Carlos Hyde, but at the same time, you're going to need somebody. So. Yeah. 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 Sony Michelle. He gets traded. Yeah, I mean... That was very interesting. Very, very interesting. I think he's a very good back. Well, it just means uh, Damon Harris is going to be the lead guy there in, in New England, right? Or, or James White. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I guess they, they have a staple of running backs, And too, they drafted so. one. 
So I can't remember the guy's name. But I mean, so the the comp picks, one could be a first rounder. Yeah, it could be. And it would have to be in like two years, right? I think so. Because the first rounder that they have is in Detroit now, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, is this bad for the Rams? Right. I mean, but I'm not even thinking that. I'm thinking like the Rams. Are you just going to trade all your first rounders? Because that's what's happening right now. Yeah, I guess they're in win now mode, I guess. I guess. But at the same time, I mean, you got to save some for the future. I mean, we know for a fact you the the... I know the NFL will increase the salary cap. Like, that's going to happen. Right. But at the same time, you have to know that there's a couple ways to win in the NFL. You either have to have a cheap quarterback, which you don't have right now. No, you don't. Or you need to have cheap complementary pieces and then hit the cycle and keep rolling and keep rolling. Right. Right now, Rams, you are just spending way more than you can afford mm-hmm. because you can't replace it. I mean, I know Sonny Michelle is cheap now. But he won't be in three years, right. and you don't have a first rounder for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little tough. Carson Wentz, looking pretty good. Yeah, he's he's healthy. Really uh, open. Come on, I mean, be healthy. Make the playoffs. <laughs> Play seventy percent of snaps. Make the playoffs. Yeah. So he's back at practice this week. He's practiced every day this week on seven on seven. Mm-hmm. He's not going to play in the final preseason game. Not surprised by that. Even the, Fra- even the Frank Reich was kind of like giddy about it like oh maybe you know i thought no, about it it's no. like he's not happy come on frank yeah he, he he's was, smart here yeah so but he could start week one and that i mean i like jacob eason he looked solid mm-hmm. in preseason sam manlinger same thing but you need carson wentz yeah carson wentz is is going to be the driving force of your cult season this year and i think he will be not light years ahead of what Rivers did because Rivers had a good season last year, but sure. he will definitely be better, and that only leads to good things for your Colts. Absolutely. Uh, on a side note there, Blue, though, nailed the crate challenge. you see that? Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> first off, I think Dan Levitard had the, the best question, which is how do you find all those crates? Yeah, but, <laughs> that is a great question. But really, I mean, Blue nailed it, man. Like, give him his check. Let's get it done. If you haven't seen the crate challenge, I know for a fact that I would biff it on probably the fourth or fifth tower of the crates. You have to, I think it's six. Yeah. There you go. Up. I think six is the highest. Something like that. If I make it past four, there's no way I'm making it past five. I'm going to give myself enough credit that I think I might get past four. Yeah. But do I guarantee you I'm whiffing it on five? It was so funny. Shaq uh, posted on Instagram, like on the left was like back in my day kind of thing, and it was like a crate as like a basketball hoop, and right. then on the right was like the crate challenge. I thought it was pretty pretty comical. Yeah, that's pretty good. Things are different back in our day. As back person, in my day, yeah. <laughs> All right, back in my day, also Jameis Winston was a number one overall pick, and now he's competing with the arm of. Taysom Hill for the starting job, I think he's earned it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just... Taysom Hill, be what you are. Yeah. But Good James in the red Winston's zone, look great. Gives you dual threat. I think Sean Payton has unleashed what we all thought Jameis Winston could be. Yeah. And I think... I mean, I mean, really, truly, really, truly think that the Saints could actually be somewhat formidable with Jameis yeah, Winston. I mean, Jameis, it's it's never been arm talent. It's never been the physical traits. Right. It's all been, been between the years. Mm-hmm. 
not that he's dumb or can't read a playbook, but it just never seemed to click. Right. No matter where he was, it didn't click. Mm-hmm. I think Sean Payne's un- unlocked it, and I think they can be better for it. Yeah, I think I think the Saints could have found a diamond in the rough with Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they took a chance on him, and I think it's going to pay off for him as well. Do we think that the Saints have, like, I mean, we, we didn't pick them to win, right? So no. we... Do they have enough? I still worry about Michael Thomas's health. Mm-hmm. I think he's key, but you still have a cheat code, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, if Jameis can do what he's shown in preseason mm-hmm. and be the guy uh, Sean Payton is molding, right, could be special. Yeah, their defense is solid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's enough to overtake the Bucks. No, I think the Bucks. It's it's their division to lose. Right. They'd have to get really banged really up. Lucky, right? Like really ton- banged up or really lucky, right? Right. So I think the Saints are going to be in wild card contention for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win the division. I guess that's fair. All right. Well, I guess that's going to be all for the current NFL news and notes. Uh, season starting on, I believe, the ninth. Is that that Wednesday? I believe so. I think that or the eighth Thursday. The eighth Thursday. Right? Yeah, Thursday, Thursday. The eighth. The eighth yeah. though, and because opening Sunday's the twelfth. So definitely looking forward to it. Football season, man. Yeah, no, know, it I, is the ninth. The ninth is right. The yeah. ninth is. I know. Right. I know we're baseball guys, but we love football just as much. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for opening night, fantasy draft this Sunday. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We are going to break all that down next episode. But for rounding off this episode, we're going to MLB news and notes right after this. All right, welcome back. We're hitting the MLB news and notes. Parker's going to smack you with all of them right here. The biggest news is Miguel Cabrera, his 500th career home run. Absolutely. I know in today's baseball era, home run chase is not a big deal Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. But 500 homers, that's, I mean, he's one of 28. Right. So it's a big deal. He's definitely a surefire Hall of Famer. Him and our pull holes, greatest right-handed hitters of this generation. Correct. Uh, I mean, he's 43 hits away from 3,000, so he's not done with these career milestones. So that's great. Yep. I mean, look, look at this career slash line. 311, 388, 534, 145 OPS plus. So he's got 501 homers, 2,957 hits, 1,786 RBI, mm-hmm. 591 doubles, so he's close to 600, 1,499 runs. Like, he's great. Yeah, I mean, the the I think the 1,500 runs is a huge milestone that he could get to yeah i you know the only other player in mlb history to have a career batting average over 300 with 500 homers 550 doubles is the man the myth the legend mr henry aaron yeah i think that's pretty good company don't you think that's a pretty good company right i mean there's there's only a couple times where you could sit there and be like oh this guy is the only person (laughs) i'm with we're going to discuss one of those people in a little bit but I mean, who is the next to hit 500 career homers? That is a great question. Automatically, I think Mike Trout. It's going to happen. Right. Barring health. Mm-hmm. That's with everybody. Correct. Uh, Stanton, because he's a home run hitter. His right. power's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think Bryce Harper is definitely could do it. Yep. 
I know you think so. I Especially think in so. that ballpark. Right. I mean, he's got the short porch and right yeah. for 81 games. I mean, he swings so hard at every pitch. Yeah. So, I mean, he hits it hard a lot. The funny thing is, like, a lot of the guys that I think are the next to do it, they're way off. Yeah. But they're so great, whether it's Acuna, mm-hmm. Soto, Tatis Jr., Vladdy Jr., they all have pedigree. Yep. And their power is crazy. Yeah. And well, and it's just, you know, the guys that are at the 300 homers right now are towards the tail end of their careers. So it's like, okay, does he get there? You know, does it make it happen? Yeah. You know, the things like that, just I don't know if they get there. So, like, you're, yeah, as you said, Acuna, Soto, Tatis, Vlad Jr., all these guys are sitting there going, all right, does it happen? As we say this, Harper hits a two-run jack, so he's one more closer. <laughs> so, like, really, I mean, you know, what what happens here that, you know, who could be the next guys? Because, you know, we talk about, like, Joey Votto reinvented himself this right. year a little bit, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment with Hall of Famers. I mean, does he... Does he get in there and and equate? I don't think he's got a long enough career left because he's at like 300 and change. He hit 300 this year. So, like, the fun thing is, like, when you think of 500 homers, like, oh, Aaron Judge, definitely. He's 30. 30. How many more? I'm not saying he's, like, done. Right. But he's only at like 110 homers, 115 homers. Something like that. Like, he's not not far enough up for his 30 season. It's like Freddie Freeman. I think he's an all time great. He's never been a home run hitter. Right. He can hit homers. He's going to give you 30, pencil it in. Yeah. But he's not going to hit 50. Right. What's his What's his home run total now? It's like 3 3 and 10? change, 320 something like that. Yeah, Look something. that up as we as we go, but yeah. I mean really that's not, you know, all that much that that makes it that he, you know, you're going to be like, "Oh, he's definitely 500 homers." Uh, you he's know, at 267. Okay, so he's not even at 300. No, he's yeah, at 300. I was about to say, I thought he just hit 250, but you said 300 so confident. I was like, all right, maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, And he's already 12 years in the league. Right. It's, so, it's kind of tough. I don't know if he'll have enough for 500. He could, but I don't think he's going to play long enough. He's, he's got to play like another decade. Right. At least. All right, well, let's go ahead to the MLB playoff schedule was released today. The AL wildcard game. Tuesday, October 5th. Will be the October 5th game, and then the NL wildcard will be on the 6th. And the first game of the World Series is going to be the 26th of October. Does it feel like it just keeps getting later and later? I know, because I know they, I think... If there's Game 7 of the World Series, it's like November 6th. That's rough. Which is like the latest it's been in like quite a long time. That'll be that'll be rough. I don't know if I want that. Yeah, I don't know if that's really that great. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, later baseball, I can't really complain about Oh, yeah, I'm not much. complaining about it, but just from a season thing, like, we yeah. really want to go to November? Yeah, I mean, it was always like, can you show up in October, not show up in November? So, yeah. <laughs> a little weird just on that that avenue there yeah some other big news yadi molina he announced today that the 2022 season is his last he just signed a one-year extension and he explained i'm done after next year Mm -hmm. he wants to be a cardinal for life i think he's a hall of famer i know like maybe his offensive numbers aren't great but best defensive catcher of his his era he is i'm not going to say the best because i believe i know you're a huge guy because carlos ruiz i believe is is better and he was part of his era but Yachty is definitely top three. There's no way I'm putting anybody like at like he might even be top two, but I might be missing somebody that's better defensively. So that's the reason why I say top three. You know how I do these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
you know, Carlos Ruiz, the fact that he caught two no-nos, one of which was combined, and he caught a perfect game. He was just such a great pitch caller, sure. and he kept everything in front of him. I mean, there were so little pass balls when you watched Carlos Ruiz behind the dish. And the, I think the reason why he was so good is because he was an infielder growing up, and then he switched to catching in the Definitely minors. Helps. And it helps because you know how to contort your body to keep balls in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love Yachty. I love what he does. I think he's one of, if not the best catcher all around. Because Carlos didn't really have as much of an offensive game like Yachty did. Yeah. But, you know. So quick yes or no, is he a Hall of Famer? I believe so. Okay. I mean, he's one of the best catchers in the sport. Yeah, some other news, uh, the Padres fired their pitching coach, Lady Rothschild. That's kind of late in the year to do that. I know their pit- their pitching's been bad, yeah. and, which we all thought was going to be their strength. When you when you add Darvish, you add Snail to mm-hmm. go along with Musgrove. I, I like Chris Paddock. You're not as much. But, he's, but if he's your fourth, it's, I, it's Yeah, bad. I like him as a four. Like, yeah. you know. Mackenzie Gore's their top prospect. He hasn't materialized yet. Like mm-hmm. He's still not in the big leagues. Right. He's kind of had his struggles. So they're... They're starting, and their their bullpen's just worn out, right? Because they have to overuse it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, their bullpen's actually not terrible, and the fact that they have an ERA that's sub their rotation, but the fact that their rotation ERA is five point nine four. Yeah, I mean, their opponent's OPS is over eight hundred. That's not a good thing. No, and I mean, for the month of August, it was four point eight three as an ERA. So I guess that was better, but at the same time, I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. not been good. Blake Snell hasn't been what he was and what he's been. So yeah, it's just really tough for me to sit there and think that the Padres are going to make, you know, a, a you know a really good stride. Yeah, they're not done because you still have Tatis and their offense is really good, but their pitching's got to pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. But speaking about pitching that has kind of picked it up, but it was mainly their bats. The Yankees, hottest team in baseball, winning 11 straight for the first time since 1985. Including the last two against my Braves. Yeah. um, Well, thanks. Uh, (laughs) Will they catch Tampa Bay? I mean, I know Tampa Bay's playing Philly right now. I don't know if they can. I think they can. You know, I said the Rays. You said the Yankees last podcast. I... It's just a lot of ground to make up. I think five this late in the year is really tough. But, I mean, as we saw, I mean, the Phillies made up four and a half and then kind of gave it back. So, I mean, anything's possible, and they are really, really hot right now. Ah, Man, I just think it's tough. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. The addition of Rizzo and Gallo, now they're more balanced as a lineup. And just a quick question, like quick thought is the white Sox. they're great i have them representing the american league in the world series they're very right-handed which yeah. makes you worry like do they have enough left-handed power or just consistency from the left side i don't know if they do but it might not matter it's not going to matter from a division standpoint i think it's going to matter from a playoff standpoint right and i can agree with that it's just man i just i don't know what the yankees have that's really going to be like yes right I, do they have enough starting pitching i mean i know you got garrett cole but like Lately, it's they. they he's found been it. good, right? Like but Montgomery's like, been good. I think Heaney. Everybody can have a. Everybody could have a stretch, right? So, yeah. but their bullpen's really. I mean, Chapman, of course. I've never seen a guy sweat that much in uh, playing Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it was, I've never seen so much water drip from someone's ball cap before. But I mean, he was like tossing rosin on his on his, his hat, hat just to try to get dry, dry, right? Yeah, and didn't and work. But like Wandy Peralta came in and shut it down. Like they have some depth in the pen. I do understand that like, their pitching is definitely their weakest, but their offense is that good. Yeah, I'll give you that. 
All right, so kind of to wrap things up, the National League wild card shaping out to be a super wild finish now that the Reds are holding the second place after the Padres, as we've already talked about, is kind of having a free, ball, free fall. The Cardinals really aren't out of it, even though we kind of think they're out of it. Yeah. And the Phillies are definitely out of it, but they're only five games back. I don't think they're out of it. <laughs> Parker, just say it. How are my Phillies out here? Um, <laughs> it's... I mean, it's just, oh, man, it's rough. I think the the NL wild card could definitely be a very interesting finish because you've got four teams fine for one spot because yeah. the Dodgers and the Giants, whoever doesn't win that division yeah. out west is getting the top wild card. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are two and a half back. It We keep waiting for the Giants to just come to earth, mm-hmm. but they're not. They're the first team to 80 wins. They look legit. It's Gabe Kepler. Just wait for September. September hasn't hit. Yeah, I keep saying, oh, yeah, their manager's Gabe Kepler, so they're going to fall off. Yeah, it's it's but, September. Wait for September. Okay. That's when it happened. The Phillies were in second place in, on a charge. September hit, and they had a free fall. <laughs> I'm just I, – I, hey. will, I will say this till it doesn't happen. Gabe Kepler in September can't. Can't hold it off. I don't disagree. The NL or sorry, the AL wild card. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox are, you know, they're going to duke it out. Best rivalry in sports, duking it out. Wouldn't that be great if that was the wild card matchup? It would be crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking might happen. Cole even Sale, think... Cole Sale, in the Yankee Stadium. Oh man, that's gonna be nuts. Major League Baseball wants that. That'd be crazy. Can we put that as the Field of Dreams game? Because that would oh, be insane. Gosh. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would have been insane. But, I mean, you know, hey, you got to you gotta go with what you go. Uh, Oakland's only two back. Mariners only three back. I really feel like Oakland ends up with that spot. Probably, even though I'm not dying on their chances to win the division because I never jumped off. <laughs> the stare CJ's giving me right now explains it all. Yeah. I mean, you broke both legs and then jumped back on in a wheelchair, bud. Yeah, but my, head, my legs healed. Yeah. So we're good. Sure. Yeah, there's no pictures on a scorecard, but I got a pictures from your postcard from the hospital bed with your yeah. two broken legs. Oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. All right, so that's definitely going to shape up to be a crazy wild card ending, but another crazy ending, these Hall of Fame ballads that me and Parker are putting up here. Yeah. Who gets in, who doesn't get in. We're discussing it right after this. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're finally, finally getting into the Hall of Fame debate that Parker and I have kind of teased a couple times before. Yeah, and we, had, we, we had one today. We did have one today in, in prep for this, and we wish we had our mics going at that point. But we did not. Uh, I was driving home from the place of employment. So... <laughs> You know, we we want to discuss first that uh, the Hall of Fame inductions are going to happen this year for last year and what would have been this year, but nobody got in on this year's Yeah, no one got in this year. September 8th is the induction ceremony. Jeter and Larry Walker. Mm -hmm. Congrats, guys. Absolutely. 100%. They both absolutely deserve it. Absolutely. I can't believe... I mean, there are a few guys that are on the ballot that didn't get in that I'm like, how they not get in yet? Right. But we'll talk about that. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and go to the names that didn't get in this year. You know. Yeah. Kurt Schilling, 71.1%. He needs 75%. I think he'll get it next year. We we hope he gets it next year. He should get it. He should have already been in. He's Correct. one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. Bloody sock. Yeah. And like I think he's he's like eleven and two with a two point two three ERA and nineteen postseason starts. 
I mean, he has the best strikeout to walk ratio in MLB history. Correct. And here's the other note. Uh, we were actually just watching this. The Phillies made a note tonight that Zach Wheeler is the third fastest Philly to 200 strikeouts as far as innings are concerned. Mm-hmm. Kurt Schilling has the top two. Yeah. And it's like, I think Zach Wheeler got in 174 innings so far this year. Schilling's top one was in like 161 innings. That's crazy. So like the man could strike people out. And it was on a bad Phillies team. He was the only shining light. Mm-hmm. I mean, now granted, you might be able to be like, oh, well, Mike Lieberthal got him there. Nobody uh, says this. No one says that. He was, he, was, <laughs> he, he was pitching to Mike. No, no shade to Mike Lieberthal. Solid. Solid catcher. Yeah. He isn't the greatest pitch caller in, in, no. in the history of baseball. No. And Kurt Schilling was just that dominant. Right. All right. Next, uh, Barry Bonds, 61.8. Roger Clemens, 61.6. This is where our big debate comes in. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and round out the rest of the ballad. Scott Rowland got 52.9. Both Parker and I believe he should get in. I do believe that. Uh, Omar Vizquel, 49.1%. I believe he should get in. My, if you want to put Omar Visco in the Hall of Fame. Greatest defensive shortstop in all time. Put Andrew Jones in the Hall of Fame because he's the greatest defensive center fielder ever. Oh, and he had power. Eh, I'll give you that. Like one season, he had 51 homers in a season. I will give you the reason why I say no to Andrew Jones and yes to Omar Vizquel in a little bit. Billy Wagner. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. We both agree to that. Todd Helton. Eh. Yeah, we're both on the fence. Gary Sheffield. <sighs> We're going to talk about this because there's a PED issue, kind of. Andrew Jones, you say yes, I say yee. And the only reason why is because my criteria is half of your career and you have to play 15 seasons. You have to be top top 10% somewhere. And I like to have the numbers at least supported up. He was top 10% in defensive war. So that's the reason I'm like, eh. Yeah, I know Andrew Jones is... Second half of his career is not great. Once he left Atlanta, he was not a Hall of Famer. Correct. Absolutely. But he came up at a young age, thrived in the postseason. I watched him in Richmond. Yeah, me too. I just think if if you're going to value defense for Omar Vizquel because mm-hmm. he played forever. He did play forever, and, and he was still elite forever. I, That's the reason why he, if Jones had stayed elite I don't, in I center, don't think Vizquel was elite when yes, he was he like was. 45 years old. Well, he was 44 in his final season, but yes. I, he wasn't elite. He, he didn't was even until play, 40. He didn't play every day. He was until 40, though. He should have retired after 40. His last four years were bad. Andrew Those, Jones had a lot of bad years. Oh, I, I'm not I'm not saying Andrew Jones is... Once he left Atlanta, L.A., that didn't go yeah, well. Yeah, didn't go well. New York, he was a solid D.H., but, you know... And that's my point. He had to go to D.H. And, and then he went point. to Japan. So, I, I mean, I'm not telling... Oh, he was in Texas for a little bit, too. I'm yeah. not telling... Look, the latter half of his career was terrible. Right. Period. But he spent the first 10 years of his career in Atlanta... It was awesome. He was a great defender. I mean, he had Hall of Fame pitchers, yes, but those weren't like just strikeout guys. And there were so many times that just like not he made the impossible look routine. Oh, okay. So (laughs) he's rolling his eyes at me. That's strong, but it's again over half of his career he was not top ten. Okay, that's my problem. Okay, and again, I I agree with Omar Vizquel is the same thing in my head. But when I think of top shortstops ever, I think Omar Vizquel and I think the Wiz. 
Like I, those are my two. Just defensively or just overall? It, defensively. Okay. Right. Andrew Jones. Yeah, he's in the conversation, but like I'm not. He's not like the first guy that rolls off the tongue. Now, granted, not a lot of defensive center fielders roll off my tongue. Right. But I, I'm not gonna sit there and like he's not definitely. I'm not saying he's there. the first ballot. If you say if you say defensive center fielder name, well, that him, that's who I think of. But that, ma- but ma- he's not who I think of. Okay. And, I, and I'm not. And I watched him in in Richmond. It's not like I don't know the name. Yeah. So like that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. So I. I and, and maybe he'll grow on me in the next two years. He's got what? How many more years of eligibility left? Um, five. I think he's got five. Five more left. I think he's on the ballot. This was his fifth year on the ballot. Yeah. So, yes, he's got five more years. Maybe maybe with a little bit more seasoning, he'll get in for me. And I think that's the thing where everybody's like, oh, he's either a Hall of Famer or he's not. I don't Sometimes there's some seasoning that has to happen. Like, yeah. you have to let it mull over in your yeah. head because you're not thinking about this guy. And that's the problem with Andrew Jones because the back half of his career was so bad. We don't – he's not fresh. So, I know the old school way, way of thinking is when you say the name and it's just an immediate yes or no, I like to look at the numbers. I, I like to too. dig into the career, see, but I'm also I'm a big hall guy. I'm mm-hmm. not saying just everyone gets in, but I'm a big hall guy. I think you need to look at it, study it, and base it off their peers. I don't. I'm not saying history doesn't matter, but not everyone has to be Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so base it off their peers and then make a decision. Okay. And then the last guy on there, Jeff Kent. You're saying yes. I think so. I would have liked his defense to be a little better, but yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay, so now the huge debate as far as Hall of Fame, especially now, right, is PED usage. Yeah. I am under the, if you were great before it was blatantly obvious, i.e. Barry Bonds' head swelling four times, kind of what, you know, the Grinch's heart did. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, if... If you were great before that, if you had Hall of Fame numbers before that, you know, you, you should be in. I, you know, I'm, but I'm also a Pete Rose should be in guy. Like, yeah. the man bet on himself. He's not a Black Sox. He bet on his team and bet on himself. And there are ways where MLB clubs allow you to bet on yourself with incentives in your contract for hitting certain amount of home runs, hitting certain amount of RBIs, things like that. You yeah. get incentives, so you should be able to bet on yourself. That's a conversation for another day, but I believe Pete Rose should be in. You also do, but you also say, uh, well, he broke the golden rule. Yeah. Understandable. Get it. And that's where you are at with PEDs and where I differ from you. I think Barry Bond should be in. Why? Because as we talked about earlier, he is one of two players that the first four years of his career, he had 30 homers and had 30 stolen bases. Right. You know the other name? Willie Mays. Yeah. So I think Barry Bonds should be in. And he also has the most home runs in the history of the game. I also believe that basically every 500 home run guy should probably be in the hall. Okay. That's how, you know, all 3,000 hit people should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, that's a number that matters. 1,500 home run, or not 1,500, 1,500 <laughs> runs scored yeah. is another one that if you hit that mark, you should probably be in the Hall of Fame. Like, those are counting numbers that matter and that should get you in the Hall. Barry Bonds has hit basically all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he, I think he's shy on hits. This, but outside of that, I mean, he's got all of them. This is my stance on the PED should be a Hall of Fame debate. Okay. I understand. Like, when you watch Barry Bonds, which you and I did, it's clear that he has the talent of a Hall of Famer. Same Correct. with Roger Clemens. Okay. However, 
I choose not to honor you as a Hall of Famer because I know you cheated, okay? Are you telling me he's going to be the home run king without steroids? I'm telling you right now he's not. No, he's not. So I'm not saying that without the home run total, he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer, but you cheated, okay? Now, in defense, in their defense, that you didn't have testing, you didn't have suspension for it. Mm-hmm. However, we all knew it was wrong. They knew it was wrong. That's why they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. They never admitted to it. They still haven't admitted to it. They're never going to. Riders never, you know, wave the like the flag, like, "Hey, this guy's cheating," whatever. So, look, I just choose not to honor you. I also think that there are people in the Hall of Fame right now. Oh, I, I'm sure there are, and there there are a lot of bad people, like just bad dudes who are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, I, my thing is, being a Hall of Famer is an honor. For me, if I had a vote, I would choose not to honor you because I know you cheated the game. And you cheated got your your peers out of money, awards, records, things of that nature. I choose not to honor you on that day where all we're doing is just saying glowing things about these guys. And we know you cheated. You know it wasn't 100% clean. So it's like, oh, well, we knew they were going to be Hall of Famers. Well, we don't know that. I mean, we we if, if everything goes well, if they stay healthy, they don't get hurt, blah, blah, blah. Yes, they're, they're Hall of Famer. But we don't know that. There are plenty of guys that have ex- extreme talent and they never lived up to this this high ceiling i'm not saying that's what would have happened to bonds and clemens specifically they're the only two guys that i think you can make a case for who we pretty much know took peds but probably aren't going to get in Mm -hmm. now guys today you have testing you get suspended for peds you're not in sorry manny a rod i know you're great you're not in sorry and i'll give you that i mean now, I will also say one suspension for a drug that, you know, you didn't know. Like, I mean, I, I use the yeah. Lane Johnson excuse here. I think Gary Sheffield's kind of the same way. I, I know he worked out with Barry Bonds one offseason. He had like a bum shoulder, arm, whatever. Barry Bonds gave him this cream. He rubbed it on it to fix it, and it was a banned substance. He didn't know that. It's like, okay, you want to pin that on him? I mean, he should have known better, maybe looked into it, but he didn't. Because Gary Sheffield was a great player. Right. So, I don't know. One of the most iconic stances in the game is Gary Sheffield. I mean, you you see that fuzzed out, you know it's Gary Sheffield. Yeah. I you know I believe Gary Sheffield should be in. You know I use that rule right. Like if you get suspended one time and it was something that was like like over the counter. And I said the Lane Johnson thing with the Eagles. He used an over counter drug and got suspended four games. He had no clue. Right. Right. It was the second to last. You know part of this multivitamin or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Get get out of here with that. If you get popped once, okay. And, and it, it wasn't, like, blatant, right? Like, right. you're not I mean, Gary Sheffield was never steroids. suspended for it, but right. he was on the Mitchell Report. No, I get it. So. And, but, again, I think the Mitchell Report kind of dragged in a bunch of people that they were like, yeah, probably, maybe, maybe. possibly. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if Sammy Sosa. Oh, I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, yeah, pretty sure, but, like, Sammy Sosa is the one guy that everybody, there's like a coin flip, there's a debate on, right? Like, he could have, but he never got extremely that much bigger, like physically bigger. Like, Barry Bonds' head grew. Right. Right? Jose Canseco grew. Yeah. Mark McGuire grew. Well, my, Mark McGuire was always a big dude from Chump Street. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he got, like, shoulder oh, I, I know what you're saying. So like that, and there. But Sammy Sosa was always that. Frame. All I know is Sammy Sosa was like a fourth outfielder, fringe starter for the White Sox, and then he goes to the Cubs and explodes. 
And I'm just like, well, when he plays every day, like that was the thing. I mean, I, he I was think, great in the minors for them too, and that's the reason why they called him up. There's a difference in being a, a talented player, and then you're hitting like 60 homers every year. Oh, I get you there. Like, come on. All right, maybe he used. I don't. I mean, but that's the thing that that's what I don't want to hold somebody back like that. Like some guy that that possibly could have he finally gets his shot he catches somewhere i mean we see it every year and you know they're getting tested now sure so like did do you think that it could have happened he, he clicks something clicked for him again because he could have lost it i mean pete rose even says himself you never change your swing but when people try to change your swing and you get all messed up you get all you know yeah discombobulated it can happen there's six things you're supposed to do to change things you have to move up in the box back in the box Crowd the plate, step off the plate, choke up, go back down. Like those are the six things you're supposed to do to get yourself back and right. Mm-hmm. You're never supposed to change your swing, right? And I think sometimes people try to change people's swings, and when they go back to something natural, something clicks again. I mean, it could have happened with with Sammy. We know for a fact Barry Bonds used. We know for a fact Roger Clemens used because they basically all but admitted it. Yeah. When they're in front of a grand jury, but at the same time, I mean Barry was pretty obvious. Sammy was always stacked. He was always looked like that. Rafael Palmero, the same deal, always kind of looked that way. And they never fully admitted. I mean, Palmero kind of admitted it in front of the grand yeah, jury. Kind of, yeah. But he was, he was never like, oh, it wasn't, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there are some guys that when the counting numbers hit, you should get in. And that's how I feel. And if it, if they pass the eye test before it blew up, that's my thing with Barry. Now, I can agree with Barry because he used and he got there and his counting numbers got there, but like... I think Barry did out of spite. I think I think he knew... First of all, players talk. They know who's using who's not. Mm-hmm. I think McGuire and Sosa specifically, they were getting a lot of pub because of the home run chase right. in the late 90s. Okay. I think Barry was like, you know what? I'm not using. I'm going to use and I'm going to show you what I can do. And he did that and it was just like... Pfft. Like he just crushed home run records... I, th- I think it was out of spite. I think it was ego, and it was like, because, I mean, that's kind of Barry. I mean, he's a big ego guy. Mm-hmm. That's fine, whatever. He's a great player. I'm not, you know, I'm right. not hating on him, but I just think for me, being a Hall of Famer, it's an honor. I choose not to honor you because I know you cheated the game. Now, you can say, well, the, a lot of guys were doing it. Well, you know who I know didn't do it? Fred McGriff, and he should be in the Hall of Fame, and he was one of the greatest power hitters of his generation. I know he played with a bunch of teams, but you know what? Teams wanted him for the postseason where he thrived. The only reason why Fred McGriff, and I like Fred McGriff, the only reason why I can sit here and say with confidence and go, I don't know about Fred McGriff, is because if he was that good at that time, the Braves would have held him for the expansion draft. That's the part where I sit there and go, okay, I mean, right. for, for the Braves, it doesn't surprise me. It's not, I mean, they, they let go of guys easily and... I don't know. I mean, look, he was at the back end of his career at that point. And the, the funny thing with Fred McGriff is he was like he's like six homers away from 500. If he got to 500, he's he's in. Right, and that's and my that's, point. That's is you d- get, get to that counting. That's number. dumb. I get it. Get like, to the counting number though. Well, <laughs> and that's what I'm oh, saying. just hit six homers. Like I, I, I mean, that sounds easy, but it's like okay, you're at the end of your career. You you're, you can't stay healthy at that point. He never really was on the DL most of his career until like the very end when Tampa or whatever. Right. So I just like I'm not gonna hold like oh you didn't get those six homers so you're not a whole that's ridiculous. I'm just saying what I'm saying is if he had gotten to 500 
he would have been in. Oh, and, sure. And I'm not going to sit here and say 494 isn't an achievement. That's not my right. point. But, like, when you get that counting number, it's what matters. I'm not – do I think Fred McGriff should be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I'm not saying against it. But I'm saying if you if you go, oh, well, I mean, he was six, he's six away. Yeah, he's six away. It's just like, you know, if I'm running the 100 meter and I was, oh, I was 0.6 seconds away. Yeah. Oh, you're point six seconds away. You didn't win. Yeah, right? like that's my point, and yeah. I get it. I do. I do. I think it's stupid. Yes. Do I understand it? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I think that does it for the MLB Hall of Fame ballad debate. Won't be the won't be the last. No, time. Definitely won't be the last time. But it is going to be the last thing we do in this episode of the Sports GPS for all of us here. Parker White, CJ Holly. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.